Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, hello, folks. If there's one thing that can be constant and stable in your life, it's a new episode of Nick's Nerd News from me, your host, Nick. And I know things are crazy right now. And look, things are getting worse, but a lot of things are getting better, too. And luckily, a lot of that stuff we're going to talk about. and, And things are being made easier and available for everyone in these difficult, hard times. Like I said, I'm here for you guys. I know you want to hear me ramble on as always. I am not going anywhere. So with that being said, wash your hands. Keep your distance. Don't cough on anyone. Like, come on, common sense, people. But let's get into what we're all here for. And that's the news. The nerd news. Nick's nerd news. And as always, we start with video games. Anyway, Derma- Doom Derm. Doom Eternal is out, folks. I was able to get it a day early at GameStop last week. Since uh, there's a lot of things going on. Fuck yeah, that game's fun. I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 right now. I'm not done with it. It's I'm playing on a hard difficulty. Not the hardest, but not, not the easiest, not middle either. It's punishingly hard. Granted, a Doom game should be. A lot of demons, a lot of good demons to fight. The gameplay is nice and smooth, as as expected. The gunplay is awesome with all the new attachments and stuff for the weapons. No real solid explanation on, on how this takes place after the first Doom from 2016. But that's okay. I mean, Doom's always been kind of light on the story. But other than that, it's fun. It's, vu- it's fun being a Doom Slayer. Being the Doom guy. Anyway, yeah, 8 out of 10. Hopefully finish it soon. Uh, We're in this little lull of games right now. And then, of course, next month is, uh, pending any changes, the release of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Again, that's next month. So we'll we'll see how things go then. As of right now, Gamescom is still planned, as usual. Uh, It is taking place in August in Germany. But, again, things can change. As of right now, things in late August are still happening. Uh, as I said last week, I am going to Star Wars Celebration. No word yet on anything regarding that situation. I wonder if they will talk about that. I'm sure they will soon. Uh, EA has canceled all live events regarding their games uh, and any esports related to EA games. No surprise there. And uh, like I said, going back to Final Fantasy, as of recording, the game is not delayed. Uh, You may have a hard time getting physical copies, though, if if you didn't pre-order, is my guess. Uh, Also, Half-Life Alex, which is out by the time you hear this, will be bundled with every uh, new Vive Cosmos VR headset. So if you're getting a Vive Cosmos, you are getting a copy of Half-Life Alex, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Also announced um, N64 Classic. Yeah, oh, teased you there. No, the classic N64 game Shadow Man is being released for modern consoles. Honestly, though, I've never even heard of this game, so I I don't know how it's a classic. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, if you guys have Game Pass Ultimate on Xbox and PC, good news. DLC will now be included on certain games, not all. Uh, This was announced by Microsoft. They are going to be putting DLC now and other in-game currencies and things like that will be included with your Game Pass subscription. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, You don't have to worry about about certain things. Uh, So be on the lookout for that if you are a Game Pass subscriber and you have a lot of games downloaded from Game Pass. So yeah, that's a new thing for you. So that's pretty awesome, huh? I'm sure you like that. Also being teased, a new Tales from the Borderlands. I wonder who's making it. No uh, no word on if that's true yet. Big surprise here. 
Untitled Goose Game has gotten Game of the Year at the Game Developers Conference Awards. Untitled Goose Game. Uh, uh. <laughs> That's funny. Super Smash Brothers DLC may be delayed indefinitely if any of the team members come down with coronavirus. Uh, studio head or game director said that if someone comes down with it, they are going to shut the studio down completely, which could throw a wrench into any DLC plans. Uh, so just be aware, we might not get DLC characters for Smash for a while if anything happens. Uh, Razer also announced in an amazing, nice move, Razer has announced that they will be making, uh, as in they're shifting their production facilities to make up to a million masks to help in the global pandemic, uh, as masks are greatly needed uh, for hospitals worldwide. So that's that's really fucking awesome of them, and, and props to Razer. I always knew they were a good company. I just did get their new Huntsman Elite la uh, keyboard, and it is amazing. It's got a, not a like, nice weight to it. It's actually a metal base. Uh, the sound controls are really nice. The the, the keys are, are great. It is a me mechanical keyboard. And of course the chroma effects are amazing. Um, speaking of the GDC awards we said in last week it was postponed. Uh, they have now announced that they will be happening in August. Uh, originally supposed to happen just about a short two short weeks ago. They've announced new dates for uh, early August, uh, later this summer. So that's really awesome of them. What's going on? Uh, we are going to talk about the specs on the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. I did want to talk about everything else because we're going to spend some time on that. Surprisingly, a lot more sports are moving into the digital space. Uh, recently, NASCAR announced that they will be doing races in a video in either the NASCAR video game or somewhere. Uh, so it's all going to be virtual racing, surprisingly, but with the real drivers. Uh, so you'll be able to watch those on TV. A lot of sports are doing that. Um, also new, newly rumored, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered has been raided in Korea. Yeah, that's right. A remaster of Modern Warfare 2. Uh, we're a few short years removed from the remaster of the original Modern Warfare this will apparently only be the campaign, though. It will not be multiplayer like the last one did. Obviously, they don't want to compete with the more recent Modern Warfare that came out last year. But uh, no official word yet from Activision. Of course, uh, we usually get an announcement for the next Call of Duty around this time. Uh, usually, this is when the NBA season is starting to wrap up uh, the NBA Finals. No word on if we're even going to get an NBA Finals this year, but... Uh, I'm sure they'll announce the new Call of Duty in some form or capacity soon. And uh, somewhat of a big story before we move on to the, the tech spec reveals. Uh, Kotaku reported that GameStop was refusing to close, uh, essentially labeling themselves as essential. Yeah, I don't think GameStop is... Uh, okay, it's essential to me, but it's not essential to the community at large. So they came under fire from the gaming community as well. You know, everyone understands GameStop is not essential. There's no reason for putting those employees at risk over video games. You know, we live in this new digital era where games can be downloaded digitally. I still like getting physical copies. So, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not defending GameStop. I'm not, okay? Like, they, luckily though, they caved to pressure and decided to close all their stores. When I went on Thursday to pick up Doom, they were only allowing about four people in the store at a time. Employees were wearing gloves and disinfecting. But but again, I, I think it's smart of them to close. Unfortunately, though, some of their employees are being left out in the cold, which, look, this, this is a weird time. And if you have the money to pay your employees, you should. If you're a small business, you probably can't, and that's totally understandable. But GameStop is a major corporation. In all honesty, in all honesty, I do not see GameStop surviving this. I don't think they can, just with all the troubles they've been having. They might be able to. I don't think this will help their lifetime in in any way, shape, or form. I this could be a this is a major blow already to other major industries especially the entertainment industry, but 
I I don't know how this will affect the GameStop bottom line. Uh, it it's not helping at all. I guarantee you that. So I'm just not ready to give Amazon all my money for gaming just yet. <laughs> and that's that's part of the, the reasoning. Anyway, moving on. Our our major main top story tonight is the official specs have been revealed for both PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. I'm guessing that Sony caved after Xbox announced that they were going to do it this week. The official specs uh, for both, like I said, uh, Xbox was announced last Tuesday, I want to say, and PlayStation was on... Oh, uh, Xbox was Monday, PlayStation was Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, but these are the full specs. Uh, the CPU is 8 Zen 2 cores at 3.8 gigahertz. Um, GPU is 12 teraflops, 52 compute units at 1.825 gigahertz. Custom RDNA 2. I know you don't know what this means. I don't really know what it means. Let me finish and I'll explain where you can learn. The die size is 360.45 millimeters squared. Processor is a TSMC 7 nanometer enhanced. It uh, does have 16 gigs of RAM, which is GDDR6. Memory bandwidth is 10 gigabytes at 560 gigabytes a second, or 6 gigs at 336 gigs a second. It has a 1 terabyte custom NVMe SSD. Its I.O. throughput is 2.4 gigs raw data, 4.8 gigs a second compressed. It has these new expandable one terabyte expansion cards, which we'll get to in a second. External storage, it allows for support for USB 3.2 HDD support. Optical drive, they're sticking with the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray drive. Performance target, 4K at 60 FPS, which is standard from my understanding. And it will go up to 120 frames per second with support for 8K as well. Um, in terms of those numbers, like I said, I'm not super aware of what these mean. Uh, Digital Foundry, who is part of Eurogamer, did a great breakdown of all these specs. They got their hands on with the console as well, which is surprisingly not very big. It is a hefty unit, from my understanding, that the people who did get their hands on. It is about, about the same length as a Xbox Series X. Uh, it can be put on its side, or it's as tall as an Xbox Series X, if it or Xbox One X, excuse me, uh, which is around 9 inches, uh, or 11 inches, sorry. Yeah, 11.8 inches. And Xbox actually put out some comparisons. <laughs> they put out one that's comparing it to a fridge. That was really funny. Uh, also to a banana for scale. But that was what they sh showed off. They also showed off some of its its tech spec, or uh, its its gaming capabilities, including their new faster load times. They showed someone booting up a uh, play of State of De Decay 2 on an Xbox One X and a State of De De Decay 2 on Series X. And it was about a 40-second difference in boot-up times. The so Series X was able to do it, I want to say, in almost just under 20 seconds, where it took almost a full minute on the Xbox One X, uh, showing the power of that SSD and uh, the the RAMs, uh, the memory and everything like that. Uh, also showed off how their um, quick resume feature will work, which is similar to what they have right now on the, the, one, the Xbox One. However, on the Series X, you'll be able to do four different things that they'll save in the background that you'll be able to boot into easily. Now, let's talk about those memory cards. So, they announced these new proprietary SSD expandable storage cards. They look like memory cards, essentially. Uh, they're working with Seagate. You probably won't need one uh, from day one, just because the system comes with a one terabyte. And it is a NVMe SSD card. They are ter one terabyte default. Uh, you still will be able to use your 3.1 and 3.2 external HDD. But uh, what this does, this is per Digital Foundry, these memory cards will allow for what's called velocity architecture. And it uh, essentially turns game storage into additional memory. And like I said, it, the internal 
storage is set at one terabyte, these uh, proprietary cartridges will allow for, yeah, so uh, velocity architecture, like I said. So what this means is, uh, hold on, I'm trying to find it. This velocity architecture allows for games to load 100 gigs at a time, essentially. So they they can load the whole game right away. So it's essentially to cut down on loading times. Unfortunately, though, you will not be able to store games on external HDDs. Those are where you'll only be able to store last gen and any other backwards compatible games. So you'll essentially be able to bring your Xbox One library over on those uh, on an HDD. But for all next gen games, once you go beyond the limit of your one terabyte hard drive in the console itself, uh, you'll have to get these proprietary cards, which again, you won't need day one unless you're getting like 10 games day one. Because these games with new 4K assets are are getting pretty beefy. They are getting pretty beefy indeed. Um, so now on to the PlayStation 5 specs. Um... Same thing, Digital Foundry did a nice breakdown of these as well. Uh, PlayStation 5, unfortunately we still don't know what it looks like. We don't know what the controller looks like. Uh, After Xbox announced that their controller will be a little smaller with a new D-pad. Anyway, PlayStation 5, uh, same thing, 8 Zen 2 cores at 3.5 gigahertz. It's a little bit different, and they have a variable frequency, whereas uh, Xbox had a set clock speed. GPU... Uh, It's 10.28 teraflops, 36 compute units at 2.23 gigahertz. So their GPU power is going to be a little bit less. But again, we'll we'll get to this in a second. Uh, GPU architecture is a custom RDNA 2. Memory interface also has 16 gigabytes GDDR6 at 256 bit. Memory bandwidth is 448 gigs a second. And that's... This is where you want to pay attention. Custom 825 gigabyte SSD, which I don't understand why they didn't go for a full terabyte. That's very confusing. Anyway, its IO throughput is 5.5 gigabytes a second, which is raw data, and 8 to 9 gigs a second compressed. So this is where they shine. Xbox has the power in the GPU. PlayStation 5 has the speed. Uh, expandable storage has an NVMe SSD slot, external storage, uh, USB HDD support, and finally, PlayStation is adopting a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray drive player. So, now, even though PlayStation does have the lesser teraflop, so it won't be as powerful, if you will, in, in graphics processing, what it does make up for is the speed of its... SSD. And again, unfortunately, it is not a one terabyte SSD, which blows my fucking mind at this point. But as you notice, like I said, that speed, which is 5.5 gigabytes a second, this will allow it to be about 10 times faster than what's currently on the uh, PS4. So what, what they lack in power... Um, what they lack in power, they're making up for in speed. Unfortunately, however, that speed may only translate to their proprietary games. Um, of course, they're offering 4K 60 FPS, and they are offering uh, support for 8K and 120. Unfortunately, uh, it's just we don't know how that's all going to translate at the end of the day. On your TV screen. Um, they did announce backwards compatibility. And at launch they said up to 100 of the most popular PS4 titles will be available as backwards compatibility. Uh, unfortunately no PlayStation 3, 2, or 1 backwards compatibility at this time. And also uh, they did have to clarify a few days later. Up thousands. I don't know if there's thousands. But a thousand titles will be available on backwards compatibility at some point. So I, I don't know. They haven't announced their plan yet, unlike, unlike Xbox, which pretty much has everything announced. And, of course, you'll be able to take every single one of your Xbox One games to your Xbox Series X. Uh, 
So, here's my thing. These are both very powerful consoles. Again, it will come down to what games do you want to play. And unfortunately, PlayStation has yet to really announce any of their uh, PS5 launch titles. Granted, I know Xboxes are going to be cross-gen and things like that, so they're not exclusive. Get the fuck out of here. Neither are PlayStations at the end of the day. I guarantee you, I guarantee you Last of Us 2 is going to be a launch, a version of it for PlayStation 5 at launch. Like, get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. And, and the fact that they haven't announced anything yet, and we're just... Anyway, sorry. That's a different rant. I think... I don't think Hellblade 2, though, will be on Xbox One. Anyway, I could be wrong. Anyway, the... What it comes down to, again, is what games do you want to play, where your friends are, and what you're willing to spend. Now, there are rumors still floating that there will be an Xbox Series S, uh, a lower-tier, digital-only version of the next-gen Xbox. This is yet to be confirmed. So, with what's going into these consoles, and everything I've seen online regarding that, I would not be surprised if both of these consoles are in the $500 plus range. I don't think they can release any lower than 450 at the minimum based off the, the components that are going in. They're going to be taking a loss anyway, and it's who can take the loss more. I think Microsoft can afford to take the loss more. Granted, with how the economy is going this year, that's a bigger question of if, not when, or can they really afford it. And Sony, who's whole business pretty much relies on the PlayStation at this point is I don't know if they can take much of a loss. So again, I don't don't be surprised if both of these consoles launch at 499.99 or 599 or 4 uh or 550. I guarantee you they're going to be in the 5 to to 600 range. I I don't see them really going lower than 400 at this point because uh, I saw someone, they tried to make a uh, comparable PC and it still cost, cost like $400 just for a, a graphics card comparable to do the ray tracing and things like that. So again, it just, it comes down to a lot of just different factors for everyone. I will be getting an uh, Xbox day one, mainly because Halo and I love Halo. And granted, I don't know if my friends are getting it either. So I, at the end of the day, a lot of my friends don't play as much as they used to, so that's okay with me. I, I still plan on getting a PlayStation 5 down the road because there's going to be an inevi inevitable sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm going to want to play that. So, it, it's... Granted, I probably won't get a PS5 till sometime later in 2021, which, again, understandable. So, it, you can't. I can't just go out and drop like close to probably two grand after taxes on two consoles on in, in the same span of a month. You know what I mean? But hey, who knows? Maybe I'll hit it big in the next couple months and I'll get like review consoles. You know, <laughs> I'm just speculating here, folks. But, 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 but again, we finally have the true real specs in, in hand. Like I said, I can't really translate a lot of that stuff for you. I would recommend uh, Digital Foundry has two awesome videos on their YouTube that explain everything and what that means in, in layman's terms, essentially. So again, it, there it's it, at this point it's power versus speed and, and is what it comes down to. So we'll see what that translates to hopefully in June when more things are announced in place of E3, if not before June, but that's it for video games. Let's move on to what's going on, uh, what little is going on in TV right now. Uh, Stephen Amell was asked about uh, future Arrowverse appearances. Uh, pretty much said that he's done. He's not coming back. But you know what? Daniel Craig also said he was done being James Bond. So I'll give him a couple years to think about it and he can always come back later. <laughs> um... The Arrowverse is also set to take a two-week break, which I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, you've already noticed there was no new Flash. So when you're listening, there was no new Flash uh, last night, but of course we're recording on a Sunday. 
So there's no new Supergirl or Batwoman tonight. Um, no surprise there. But unfortunately, why are you taking shows away when people are home? Ah, anyway, uh, season four of Fargo, its premiere has been delayed as production has also been put on hold due to coronavirus fears, uh, along with other Fox, uh, FX shows and programming. Amazon released a new trailer for their new show called Upload, which actually looks really cool. And it stars Robbie Amell, Stephen Amell's cousin, where uh, when you're dying in the future, you can either be uh, trying to be saved or you can have your consciousness uploaded into like a virtual reality world. Uh, that show looks really cool. I think that's coming in May. Uh, here's something new uh, for you to, to be able to do at home with your friends as you're all social distancing. Amazon has announced... Amazon, uh, Amazon, Netflix, sorry, Netflix has announced Netflix Party. And uh, so what this does, it's a, a Google Chrome extension. I don't know if everyone can get it. I guess it's been around for years. Oh, I've never heard of it before now. So once everyone has the extension installed, one person needs to start the viewing party. Uh, that person will pick a movie or show on Netflix and then click the NP extension button to the right of the address bar at the top of the browser. With the party started, the person running everything can send them a unique URL. And you can send it to all your friends. And then that way, you guys can all be watching and talking together. And uh, so once everyone's in the stream, a chat box opens up. So that way you guys can talk with each other. Uh, no voice talking. And basically it says Netflix party lets you talk to your friends during a movie without anyone actually having to talk during the movie. And that way, uh, the person who started this party can choose to limit control uh, so that they have only they have the ability to pause, rewind, or fast-forward or can be shared among every member of the group. And uh, when you exit the movie, it will automatically end the party. So that's really cool. That's all per IGN. And, yeah, that's awesome. Pretty cool. Pretty cool feature, but unfortunately you have to be on a computer uh, to be part of it. I don't think it's an actual feature for actual for actual Netflix just yet. I, I don't know if it's official Netflix either. So that a couple of different things going on with that. Anyway, uh, Quibi, the new, the new streaming service for your phone or quick bites, uh, for things to be consumed in 10 minutes or less is getting a new Reno 911 and they put out a new trailer and oh my God, I might have to get this Quibi thing. This trailer for Reno, so it goes back to the original cast. Uh, no, no one from the season six, I want to say, were like Joe, Joe Lo Trulio and a couple other people were brought in after like Garcia died and stuff. But honestly, it looks like they it never stopped. It never ended. The show, they went right into their like typical, it's their morning briefing. Trudy's got a wig on, which is perfect. And oh God. If I'm, I'm, I might get this just for Reno 911 because Reno 911 is one of my favorite shows. So, worth it. To me, at least. I love Reno 911. One of the best shows ever. Back on Comedy Central back in the day. Anyway, the Friends reunion uh, production has been put on hold, yet they are still shooting for a May release. But I wouldn't put that down as permanent. I'm just going to say that. Anyway, yeah, that's about it. Uh, if you are in Europe and you suddenly noticed a drop in quality on your Netflix, YouTube, or Disney+, Plus, that's because they have all reduced their streaming quality to make sure the internet doesn't break where you live. Because of the amount of people that are now home, the pressure has been put on the internet providers there, and they don't know if the internet can handle it, so they have lowered the quality of streams across the three major platforms there. Anyway, before we get into some episode reviews and delay updates, so I guess I misreported a couple weeks back that the production of Season 2 of The Mandalorian had finished. Granted, it might be. We're just finally getting this news, but this is major. Rosario Dawson has been cast as Ahsoka Tano in live action for the season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, ah Ahsoka. Live action Ahsoka. Live action Ahsoka. Rosario Dawson. Oh my god, yes. But that leads into 
the return of Ahsoka on the Clone Wars this week. Not a great episode. They did tie into uh, level 1313, which was nice. Uh, which also just makes me even madder that we never got that game. Anyway, I, overall it was just, it, it felt just out of place. It was nice to have Ahsoka back in the Clone Wars, considering, considering she was not in Season 6 at all. Uh, it's, she's been clearly, uh, she's a lot more mature as a character. Uh, they've changed her character design a bit to reflect her time now out of the Jedi. But overall, it just was a flat episode to me. And hopefully this arc uh, gets a little better as they, they're doing these four-episode arcs. Not super on board with that, uh, especially for a shortened season. But hey, it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. But I will say this. With this episode, it's it's more evident than ever that the time away allowed them to really perfect the animation style for the Clone Wars. And it, it's so crisp and clean. And the facial features are more robust. It's, it's amazing, really. And while we got one dull episode in Star Wars, we got an awesome episode in Star Trek Picard, uh, the penultimate episode of its first season. We finally reached the planet they've been trying to get to this whole time. And when they did get there, uh, Borg Cube showed up as well, Seven of Nine returned. But we also found a planet of Soong-type androids being made by... Uh, not Soong himself, but his son, which I don't think was a character before, uh, being played by Brent Spiner, so it's nice to have him in a non-data role, which is, is rare, usually. But uh, we also get another uh, android that looks like Soji, but this one has the telltale yellow skin and yellow eyes. And it looks like she and some of the other androids are hell-bent on destroying humanity, as they now have access to, like, a, a, a Reaper-like race. The Reapers are coming. If you're Mass Effect fans, you know what I mean with that. But I wonder how that's going to play out with Picard and Soji, the, the other main character. So my, my concern is, what does this do to set up a Season 2? Will they be standalone stories? Hopefully, honestly, they're hinting at some things in regards to... Uh, the future of humanity, and also with Picard's illness that I'm kind of leaning towards right now. But I, I don't know if, if that's ultimately what's going to happen. Still no Q, and I'm kind of pissed off at that, kind of, because Q is, is tied into Picard more than any other character in Star Trek. But whatever. But also next week it looks like a massive Romulan fleet is going to show up. And I wonder if a large Starfleet force will show up as well, as it would be nice to see some actual non-Romulan ships show up and to see some nice Federation ships appear in the show. And uh, also, final bit of uh, reviews. Westworld returned last week, a new episode tonight. I, I don't know. I'm not feeling Season 3 that much. It just... It, it loses a lot of its appeal without the park and that whole storyline. Dolores now is just this mad robot who's trying to wipe out humanity. I I don't know. It's just so basic to me. It, this isn't it it's not it's not inventive storytelling like it was before. And I don't I don't know. I just the 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 good addition though is um uh Aaron Paul's character I like how his story is unfolding and how it was a bit of a twist when you find out at the end in relation to all these phone calls he's been getting. Uh, seeing this futuristic LA is a little interesting as well. And, and uh, Don't get me wrong, being able to see what the mainland looks like outside of Westworld is cool. Uh, we finally have an idea of where Westworld was. It looks like it was in the South China Sea when we go to Bernard's storyline. But, I don't know. I, I just... It's going to be different being away from the park. I without Anthony Hopkins is going to be interesting as well. And two one episode in without the man in black not a big fan of. I hope he comes in in episode 2 if he doesn't. I mean, he's one of the main characters as well, so it's like why are you ditching Granted every show sometimes adapts new characters for new seasons. 
But why focus on Dolores and Bernard, but not bring in uh, other major characters as well? Like, I know Maeve is coming. I'm sure the Man in Black will return at some point. Again, it sucks that Anthony Hopkins' character was killed off. But, I don't know. I, I hope the season gets better. That That's all I'll say. Uh, anyway, that's it for re- reviews. There were some production delays announced this week as well. Uh, Stranger Things officially delayed. No surprise as Am- uh, Netflix had delayed all their shows. Amazon's Lord of the Rings delayed as well. Uh, again, no surprise. Such as, uh, along with their show Wheel of Time. The Witcher also delayed, obviously. Uh, big surprise here, though. The Walking Dead World Beyond, though, has also been delayed. Production has been delayed on that. So, that is unfortunate if you guys are big Walking Dead fans and we're looking forward to that new spinoff. Anyway, uh, that's it. Uh, let's move on to Netflix. April is next week. So, let's talk about what's coming and going from Netflix. Uh, joining Netflix on April 1st is uh, Community, seasons 1 through 6. Deep Impact, Lethal Weapon, all Lethal Weapon films, Minority Report, uh, Mortal Kombat, Sherlock Holmes, Taxi Driver, and the Matrix Trilogy. On April 2nd, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, like... Uh, Angel Has Fallen on the 4th, I'm really stoked on that, haven't gotten to watch that one yet, that's part of the Olympus Has Fallen movies. Django Unchained on April 25th. And Battle Los Angeles on April 27th. Granted, uh, that's just a small sample of everything that's coming. Uh, Leaving, though, in April. uh, The Longest Yard leaves on the 19th of April. uh, And then a lot of things leave on the 30th of April. Uh, Blade Runner, Dirty Harry, Driving Miss Daisy, all the Police Academy films. They weren't on there for very long. Step Brothers uh, leaves April 30th. Good Burger, Good Fellas. The Hangover, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, Space Jam, and Scream 2 and 3. So get your watching in before the end of next month. Uh, That's it for that. Let's move on to what's going on in the movie world. Uh, I had a story that I'm going to talk about, but I've since seen it debunked, so we're not going to talk about that. I'm not even going to... I'm just going to tease you with that. Anyway, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 will be released theatrically, despite rumors. Uh, Warner Brothers assured fans that it will still be released in theaters. It will not be released directly uh, to home release or video on demand. Do not be alarmed. You'll get to watch Wonder Woman up on the big screen. Uh, Good news out of the Marvel Universe. Uh, The director of Shang-Chi... Uh, Had a bit of a scare last week when he thought he might have coronavirus. Uh, Luckily, though, he did uh, test negative. So, unfortunately, production is still halted. But uh, they'll be able to get back into the swing of things right away when everything is lifted. Uh, The new Mortal Kombat movie, this is uh, per an interview with uh, Makad Brooks, who's playing Jax, said that they are looking to balance realism with the ultraviolence. I don't know how you do that because... All realism goes out of the way with ultraviolence. Much like Tarantino films that the gore is dialed up to 11. Uh, This is interesting. Spielberg had said that it would be a crime against cinema if Vin Diesel didn't direct a movie again. Yeah, I I I didn't think Vin Diesel directed. I think he's directed like one or two things. But that's very high praise coming from Steven Spielberg. So hopefully we'll get a Vin Diesel movie one day in the the future directed by him, not him starring him because you know those are hit or miss, but uh, directed by him. Hey, look, Ben Affleck is a great director. Okay, he's hit or miss as as an actor, but great director. Also making the rounds as people are home and have nothing to do. Seth Rogen live tweeted his reaction to watching Cats recently. Now that it's available to watch at home. And uh, speaking of which, there's rumors floating around that there might be a butthole cut of cats. Yeah, you heard that right, a butthole cut. Apparently, cat the cats had buttholes, and, and I can't, I can't even be serious right now. Apparently, an earlier version of the film had all the cats buttholes, and were digitally edited out 
just barely before release. Yeah, a a butthole cut, a butthole cut. <laughs> I oh god, where where do people come up with this shit? Anyway, the costume designer who had been working on, uh, uh God, what's his name? Uh, George Miller's. Justice League Mortal. So George Miller, the director of the Mad Max films, was actually supposed to make a Justice League film before he would go on to make Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, The costume designer posted an image uh, previously unseen of what Army Hammer's bat cowl would have looked like. Looks pretty fucking cool. Uh, Very, uh, it's, it's almost Alex Ross inspired, but also very similar to the Batman cowl from the Tim Burton films. So, uh, an army hammer, fun fact, would have been Batman. He would have been a lot younger of a man back then. This movie was supposed to come out, I, I want to say 2009, I think, they were working on this movie. I can't remember. And Anyway, it's um, very interesting. Uh, so, Justice League Mortal... Like I said, directed by George Miller. Army Hammer would have been Bruce Wayne Batman. DJ Cotrona would have been Superman. Adam Brody as The Flash. Santiago Cabrera as Aquaman. Megan Gale, who was also in Mad Max, would have been Wonder Woman. Uh, Hugh Keys Byrne as Martian Manhunter. And Common, yes, Common, would have been cast as Jon Stewart, the Green Lantern. Uh, Let me see. And, yeah, so the, the, I guess they put out a a picture of a costume test a couple years ago. Anyway, it would have been, uh, yeah, it would have been 10 years, uh, the movie would have come out about 10 years ago. So 2008, 2009, uh, the Martian Manhunter would have been an older character, but it's, it's interesting to see how these costumes would have looked. Uh, it is a low-res image, so we don't get a lot going on here, but that doesn't look like common in the outfit. Anyway, that is that. So those that's floating around if you want to check that out online. Uh, that's really cool to see. Anyway, Con, the Con Film Festival in Con France has been postponed. No surprise there. Uh, if you were looking to watch the new Kum- Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae film Lovebirds, Paramount has announced that they have shifted it over to Netflix. Unfortunately, no word on a release date on the streaming platform. Also, uh, just a bit here, uh, Michael Giacchino said said that, uh, so he's scoring the new Batman film. He said he felt total freedom in writing the score for The Batman. So it's, it's really nice to hear something like that from him because he's kind of been playing around in established franchises lately. Uh, you know, he did the music for the three new Star Trek films. He kind of had to reinvent Star Trek, but also staying true to it. He did the Jurassic World music. Again, had to stay true to Jurassic Park, but also doing something new. And then he also did the music for Star Wars Rogue One. So, you know, he didn't really get to do any of his own stuff. And at least he'll be able to do that with the Batman. Also... Uh, I do want to, there is a story I want to talk about before we get to some other things. Um, I don't know if you guys know this already, but all Regal Cinemas will be closing for the next few weeks, as well as AMC Theaters, the nation's largest chain, will close for up to three months. Uh, so you will not really be able to get to go see a movie for quite a while, um, especially with social distancing happening. And... Uh, I saw a good article. Where are the drive-ins when we need them? Uh, Surprisingly, not surprisingly, a lot of drive-in theaters, the few that are left, I should say, are seeing a resurgence as people can stay in their cars and be away from people and enjoy a film. Uh, Unfortunately, drive-ins really died out in the, what, 80s, I think? So that being said, though, with theaters kind of closing... A lot of studios have announced that they're going to be putting a lot of their newer films on video on demand. Uh, Onward will be released uh, to the public. It actually is out already. Uh, 20 bucks to, to rent or buy, I think. To buy. 
Uh, it will be on Disney Plus on April 3rd. Uh, also out this past weekend, The Hunt is available to purchase for $20. Uh, Invisible Man is available. Emma is available. On the 24th, which is Tuesday, you'll be able to get Birds of Prey, uh, as well as Bloodshot and The Gentleman, and The Way Back, which is Ben Affleck's newest film. Uh, Sonic will be available on March 31st, and Trolls will be available April 1st. Unfortunately, uh, no word yet on if they'll be on streaming platforms. It looks like they'll just be available for purchase, uh, which understandable they want to make some of their money back you know what i mean and uh, i do want to talk about some delays before i get to my final film topic uh black widow has been officially delayed with no new release date uh antebellum and the saw reboot or sequel spiral have also been pulled from their release dates uh, as for production delays the avatar sequels have been put on indefinite hold that's interesting. Uh, Uncharted. Uncharted has been put on hold as well. I don't think this movie's ever getting made at this point. I really don't. I don't. I don't understand. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them has also been halted as well as The Matrix 4. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, final bit of t movie news, though, before I get into some other things. I never thought I'd say this. And I don't think you guys would ever think you'd hear me say this. But for once, I agree with Christopher Nolan. Yes, folks, I agree with Christopher Nolan in terms of this op-ed he wrote uh, for the Washington Post. Uh, it's titled, Movie Theaters Are a Vital Part of American Social Life. They Will Need Our Help. I 100% agree with this. Uh, nothing, like I've stated before, nothing beats the movie theater experience. He did say... When people think about movies, their minds first go to the stars, the studios, the glamour. But the movie business is about everybody, the people working, the concession stands, running the equipment, taking tickets, booking movies, selling advertising, and cleaning bathrooms in local theaters. Uh, he also said, uh, essentially, in this time of unprecedented challenge and uncertainty, uh, Nolan calls on Congress. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. He says, Our community, for what it really is, a vital part of social life, providing jobs for many and entertainment for all. These are places of joyful mingling where workers serve up stories and treats to the crowds that come to enjoy an evening out with friends and family. As a filmmaker, my work can never be complete without those workers and the audience they welcome. When this crisis passes, the need for collective human engagement, the need to live and love and laugh and cry together, will be more powerful than ever. We need what movies can offer us. Maybe, like me, you thought you were going to the movies for surround sound, or goobers, or soda and popcorn, or movie stars, but we aren't. We were there for each other. And I agree. And it, it it's going to be really hard... It's going to be really hard for movie theaters to recover. It's going to be hard for studios to recover. This is an unprecedented time in our nation, around the world. And unfortunately, things are never going to be the same. They just won't. And I wonder, I wonder how this will change things, though. Will movie theaters be less crowded? In terms of, of the seats they pack in. How are planes going to look in the future? It's just... I don't know. I can say this though. The first weekend that movie theaters are back open. And people can go out and enjoy themselves. You will not find an empty seat. I don't care what movie it is. Those butts are going to be in those seats. And it's going to be hard pressed to find an open spot. I do not doubt that for one second. And whatever movie that comes out, it's going to make gangbusters, even if it wasn't projected to. Because people are going to be happy to be in a theater watching a movie. And, yeah, I just... And maybe not. I could be wrong. But I don't want to be wrong. Because I, I hope for better things. Every restaurant is going to have delays. 
because they're going to be so busy. Everything is just going to be new again. And that's what I'm hoping for. Anyway, let's move on to some other stuff before we end the show today. Uh, free comic book day has been postponed till later this summer. No surprise there. It's normally in, in late March, early April. So uh, a lot of the publishers have, have uh, pushed back that and are not releasing new comics for quite a bit. Uh, George R. Martin, if there's one good thing to come out of this self-isolation and quarantine, George R. Martin says he can finally sit and write The Winds of Winter. Yeah, I'll take that with a grain of salt. But he said he's spending more time in Westeros than he has lately, so maybe he'll churn out that book eventually. <laughs> um, so if you're a big Game of Thrones fan, you shouldn't have to wait too long. And uh, final bit of things here. Uh, got a new loot crate. Uh, this one was called Tune In. Had some really cool stuff. So yeah, like I said, uh, it's Tune In themed. It came with a awesome Rick and Morty shirt, a C-137 Dimension shirt, a uh, Pinky in the Brain mug that said World's Best Taker Overer. <laughs> it's really cool. It's got a picture of Brain with like the globe on his head or like his head made a, as the globe. Uh, Kid Robot Adult Swim Blind Box figure, which actually turned out to be Master Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I am very happy with that. Master Shake is one of the best characters on that show. Also, it came with an awesome Samurai Jack animation print. It's actually a recreation of an art cell from the show. And then uh, a tune-in pin. Uh, the pin is like a, it's got like a classic cartoon gloved hand with like a wood mallet. And, uh add to the awesome loot crate pin collection I got so that 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 was nice to see that but uh, that's it for this week uh, I want you guys to stay safe out there again try to keep your social distance and you know wash your hands don't cough on people cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze stay safe uh, practice the five and uh, be smart out there don't, don't, don't go too crazy. You got, you got a lot of you guys got a lot of time on your hands. And uh, again, I'll be a constant for you guys. So I will be here for you to listen to and enjoy in this time of change for all of us. Uh, as always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in the browser. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast pages. Also, while you're there, check out our social media page where you can see all of our social media feeds all in one handy-dandy place. Or, if you prefer, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nick's Nerd News. Just look for the logo uh, and you'll find a lot of memes and things like that. Other than that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.